I hope you like things sweet because today on episode 49 of the Desert Tiger podcast, we are going to be featuring recent Canadian Walk of Fame inductee Andy Kim. Music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwader. Andy Kim is a dreamer. At the age of 12, Andy had a vision for what he would become. And 60 years later, it is still the child within Andy that leads him along today. Andy has thrown off more than enough sparks to ignite the entire world with the fire of his songs, but somehow, he hides behind his music. Andy seems to shy away from the public eye, expressing himself solely through his music. He never looks back, undistracted by his past. It is only Andy's vision of the future that drives him forward. But for so many people, Andy's accomplishments cannot possibly be overlooked. Andy studied music passionately as a youth, and once he hit the age of 16, his dream became undeniable as he decided it was time to travel to New York with only $40 and an undying love of music. Once getting there, he found his way into the legendary Brill Building, which eventually led Andy to signing with Steed Records and forming a relationship with its owner, Jeff Barry. Together, they would go on to co-write timeless songs that immediately garnered the young Kim attention. Hits like How Do We Ever Get This Way, Baby I Love You, and together they even co-wrote the 1969 Billboard Record of the Year hit, Sugar Sugar for the Archies, which Andy also ended up performing on. A few more hits would follow this success, and for a few years, Andy toured the globe, Spreading his music to the furthest corners and everywhere he went, people loved his music. But when he returned home, it seemed like the industry was beginning to shy away from him. Andy had written a new song called Rock Me Gently. If you've ever heard it, it's amazing. But at the time, absolutely no one wanted to produce the song. Andy, though, loved the song very much, and he refused to take no for an answer. So, he decided he was going to form his own record company, which he called Ice, and he produced the record on his own. And, surprise, surprise, the record actually quickly shot to number one on the Billboard charts. Suddenly again, Andy was a star. He met Elvis, he hung out with Phil Spector, John Lennon actually handed him his gold record. And, oddly enough, he did it without the support of Canadian content, continuing to define his success outside his homeland of Canada, as it was still nurturing its music scene at the time. It would also seem that even after this resurgence, that the industry would again continue to move past the songs in style that Andy held so close to his heart. It would have been very easy to lean on his past and to repeat to a dwindling audience his cherished classics, but this was not Andy's desire. With over 30 million records sold and all the rest of Andy's success, it is ironic that he remains all but nameless and faceless today. But Andy wants people to attach to his music, not to his persona. Well, honored by his inductions into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Canadian Music Industry Hall of Fame, and his recent 2018 induction into the Canadian Walk of Fame, he doesn't want to be remembered for what he's done, but rather heard for what he has yet to say. He is a man chased by his own dream, unable to sit still lest he be caught frozen in time. Today, Andy is as vulnerable and as determined as ever. Over the years, he has been influenced countless people, and today's most respected musicians are paying him the highest tributes. His new music is reaching a new audience, and he continues to spread joy with a yearly charity Christmas concert where Andy and many of Canada's finest musicians come together to support children's charities. Now, I don't have to tell you. Comebacks like this don't happen in music 
hell in most industries. And Andy has always been fine with being the exception, not the rule. And ultimately, his fans, young and old, will decide exactly what legacy he will leave behind. Songwriter, singer, legend, mystery. And for now, the ever-blessed and humbled Andy Kim just keeps writing and performing his songs because that's all he's ever dreamed of doing. Hello everybody, and my name is Colton G. I am the host here on the Desert Tiger Podcast, or some of you may know it, the DTP, but whether you are a new or a returning listener, you know that I am extremely ecstatic that you have decided to turn in to this episode with my guest, Andy Kim. And some of you might say, who is Andy Kim? Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. And I know with just that line, a bunch of you just had this light bulb click in your head where automatically you know some of Andy Kim's work. But that, of course, is not going to be the song that we're going to be playing on today's show. And we're not going to be playing any of the other hit singles that I mentioned earlier. Colton, you are such a heel. What are you doing to us, right? I'm actually going to play you some tracks off of Andy Kim's latest album that came out in 2015, which is entitled It's Decided. Of course, we are going to get into all the details that ended up leading to Andy's return to the music industry and how he ended up hooking up with Kevin Drew of Broken Social Scene and getting onto the Arts and Crafts label. All those details are going to come in this conversation with Andy Kim. I'm going to save those for him to tell you though so without further ado we're going to jump into a song off of that album it's decided and this is probably my favorite track off the album i would have to say of course we always start off with my favorite because once again i'm a heel like that you guys love it i know it so this song is entitled sail on Tried to find my wisdom on a fast-moving train But I only found the hollow in a midnight hurricane I saw my religion in the eyes of a painter A poet and a seamstress in a land-loving sailor Sail on, sail on, sail on Freedom is for losers Devils and the saints Prison is for choosers High liberty's complaints Sail on, sail on, sail on Sail on, sail on, sail on I call myself a tunesmith To people I don't know when they ask me why I came here, I tell them it's off the show. I went to my graveside to see what it was like. You know I can't let it away from all this fight. Sail on, sail on, sail on. Found me a stranger who was kind of and young. Help me engineer my way to my midlife prom Sail on, sail on, sail on Sail on, sail on, sail on We pray for children Not to be misused But we leave them place like a family from a distance Who could never choose You can almost taste the sorrow While searching for the blues Sail on, sail on, sail on Freedom is for losers Devils and saints Prison is for choosers Liberty's complaints Sail on, sail on, sail on Sail on, sail on, sail on, sail on. 
the Desert Tiger Podcast. We are here with the legendary Andy Kim. How is it going today, sir? Oh, I'm having a great time today. I don't know about legendary, but uh, it's a good day. (laughs) From my point of view, as someone who's very young, I feel like you have accomplished a lot, so... I I would like to talk some about that. I mean, we'll get into some of the history of Andy Kim and what you have accomplished. Well, I just just take one day at a time. I've always done that ever since I was a kid, and so I I hardly ever look back. I don't look over my shoulder to see what someone else is doing. Mm -hmm. I just try to occupy my time with what I would like to do, and... I'd like to add a couple of words before my name, and those words are lucky and blessed, Andy Kim. The lucky and blessed, Andy Kim. Well, that is a very good way to look at it, and very modest. I, I don't think it's modest. It's really kind of, I think, I think most artists, um, if they're true to themselves, they'll realize that they're lucky. We're lucky. How do you know what you're going to write is going to mean anything to anyone else? You know, you just write it and, and hope that someone hears it. That's where I come from. Yes, I have to agree with that because to know that anything that you can put on paper or produce from your mouths or your fingers, to know that that can reach somebody's mind and heart and actually connect with them and bring out emotion is amazing opportunity. I know that there's a lot of people who study for a long time and they work hard and they, they're great at their instrument and maybe they don't have the opportunity to, you know, and so, mm. and I'm always, I'm, you know, look, I'm the third of four brothers, so there's a pecking order in my life <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, Somewhere along the way, uh, it's, I'm still the third of four brothers, mm-hmm. and that's what you're talking to right now. If, yeah. if and when uh, I were to get on stage tomorrow or the next day, as soon as they call my name, I'll be Andy Kim. But other than that, I'm I'm just another I'm just another human being who uh, born and raised in Montreal of immigrant parents and had a dream and never allowed the dream to be disturbed by, no, you can't do this. No, you shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. No, it's impossible. So, um, I love the mindset. I love the mindset about this. You know, I I think, you know, how did, how did you get into radio? Did you ever listen to radio and say, you know, I'd love to do that? Or did you walk to a radio station and, and, and look and see um, how they're doing it and, and want to be a part of it? I think part of, like, for me, the reason I love the interviewing and everything is watching it as a kid, you actually got to see who the individual was behind the music. It just wasn't the noise. You actually got to see who the person was crafting the music that you were listening to and how this person was influenced by the world and like knowing that like this individual was influencing you and like that chain of connection and then just like getting to know what is behind the scenes and what drives the individuals creating. So we're kind of alike because you don't know if anyone's going to ever listen to you. Oh, and, you know, and you don't know if anyone's going to listen to me. And then if you're lucky enough, uh, they listen to you once and you don't know if they're going to listen to you twice. Look, when, I, when my first hit record came out, how do we ever get this way? Uh, 50 years ago this year, mm-hmm. um, there was a mantra in, in the Brill Building, which is an iconic building in New York City that housed songwriters and producers and and uh, musicians and uh, publishers and all of that. It was it was a music building, yeah. and um, and the um, the adage was you're only as good as your last two minutes and thirty seconds, because that's how long those songs were at that time. So how do you ever get this way? Is t- 
two minutes and 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Sugar, sugar, two minutes and 30 seconds. So I, I think that somewhere deep down inside, um, mm -hmm. you know that, that life is fickle. It doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go. But if you hold to your thoughts and dreams and, and hold on to um, uh, your purpose in life. You know, Mark Twain said, the two most important days of your life, the day you are born and the day you find out why. Now, not everyone's going to find out why. And maybe it doesn't matter if you know why. But if you think you know why, then fight for this why, because that's all it is. It's the ability to live this life. Um, well, anyway, so I'm veering away from songwriting. <laughs> no worries. I, I love this philosophical talk stuff as well, so no worries at all. Well, I, I think it, it's, it's part of my life, you know. I think it's just the way I see life. And, and um, you know, my success was um, just something that just happened. Mm -hmm. And sure, there was work done and there were a lot of people that um helped me and brilliant people and um but i was the lucky one i got to do what i wanted to do for a lifetime and i'm still doing it and heck you're taking your time to talk to me that's pretty cool yeah i i i agree that you taking your time to talk to me is pretty cool <laughs> oh well, maybe that's what we're, we were supposed to do today. Possibly. Maybe. Bring that connection. Well, it's all about that, isn't it? What, why, what, you know, you write a song, um, maybe because, you know, you just broke up with someone, or maybe you thought about breaking up with someone, or maybe because you're so happy you don't want to break up with someone. But, but you, 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 you get an emotion out, and then you see if someone shares that emotion. And um, and sometimes people are too busy to hear that emotion. Mm -hmm. And other times uh, it takes a while for them to, uh, to live a little bit to get that emotion. So, mm -hmm. um, hey, we're all living on a rock spinning in space. <laughs> and... Um, so we're just lucky there's there's this thing called gravity and and gravity and how you feel about who you and what you are and gravity and how you feel about love and taking care of people and, and gravity and the fact that um, as a human being there's a lot of caring that needs to go around and a lot of companionship and um, and too much distraction. But I was lucky enough to have these two-minute and 30-second records, and, and here we are. Okay, so as a young man, well, I don't even know if you were a man by the time you left Montreal. How old were you when you left Montreal for New York? Uh, I was 16 on the way to 17. Wow. Well, it's only wow when you look back on it as an adult. But if you remember 16, mm -hmm. 16 did not pay attention to anybody except him or herself. 16 was involved with itself. So there was no wow factor. In other words, there was there's no fear. My parents were fearful, but mm -hmm. I had no fear. I didn't know the consequences. Naivete was a good thing at that time. Absolutely. If you may not have even taken that chance, had you looked at it the way your parents did? No, that's, you're absolutely correct. I would not have taken that. I'd have, I'd have seen all the obstacles. Mm -hmm. the, the issue is um, there, the, the obstacles were always there. It's just that the optics of life depend on how you look at it. And I think that, that for me, going to New York was salvation. I was glued to my transistor radio. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, heard growing up in Montreal, as I said, of uh, a son of immigrants, my transistor radio was something that, that 
reached far beyond my neighborhood, far beyond the alleyway. Mm -hmm. It reached, on some nights, it reached WABC in New York. On other nights, it reached uh, WKBW in Buffalo. But there was always this music that I wanted to be such a part of. I wanted to be part of the playground of all those songs and songwriters and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I ended up being in the playground. And, and, uh, and here I am testifying to the fact that it's been a lucky and blessed time. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you set out for New York, did you immediately know like the location of where you wanted to try and go, or did you just get there and ju- did you just meet musicians and they sort of helped lead you the way, or how did that work out for you? Well, there was, um, I was a good student, and and I realized that if I was going to go to, you know, a kid growing up in Montreal at that time not really knowing what the world was like, mm-hmm. let alone what the outskirts of Montreal was like. Um, I, I immersed myself in trying to understand where music came from, and, 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 and I, I used to dissect music in, in my mind. Like, I would hear the bass line or to hear the kick drum, and... I would hear all those things, but didn't know how it was assembled, because I don't come from a musical family or any of that stuff. So I'm I'm not musically trained. So um, so, and there was no googling, and there was no Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So, but I just you know you keep hearing names and you keep. Reading about names in, in, in magazines, and so I kind of had an idea that it was New York City, you know, around 42nd Street to 49th, 50th, and Broadway, Seventh Avenue, um, and so you know you you have three days that your parents allow you to be, and I was lucky that I had relatives in New Jersey, so they felt kind of safe. And I was, I was pretty, um, I was a sane kid. I was mm-hmm. not a troublemaker or anything at home, so they figured that if I was going to do anything, I would really take care of myself and, and make sure that, um, look, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be polite. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to say thank you. I'm not going to take anything for granted. And uh, I'm going to appreciate all the help I can get. So, but I really wanted to meet Jeff Barry, Ellie Greenwich, Phil Spector, Lieber and Stoller. Lieber and Stoller wrote Hound Dog and, and Jailhouse Rock and a lot of Elvis songs when he started out. And my brothers used to play Elvis and Buddy Holly and 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 all of those artists, Roy Orbison and and my kid brother and I would be listening to the Beatles, the Stones, uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. So it's Beach Boys, all of that in 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 the '60s. So um, so you do what you do, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes answer is across the street. It just happened to be in another country, and I was lucky enough to be given five minutes with a songwriter producer by the name of Jeff Barry um, and that five minutes changed my life it gave me an opportunity to actually meet somebody but also he found something in my writing that he liked and I really didn't know what that was but eventually I did and uh, he became my mentor and uh, helped me along my way and when i got to stand on my own two feet i i was successful so here i am okay so jeff was the one who signed you to steed records was he not yes that was his label okay 
But Jeff was also the writer, uh, he and Ellie, of Be My Baby by the Ronettes and, and the Do Run Run and a lot of Phil Spector uh, uh, association. So there is that, that, that wealth. My goodness, now that is a sound you never want to hear while you are in the middle of a Skype conversation. But don't worry, I got Andy right back on the phone right after that, and I'm going to give you everything else that he said just on the other half of this break, which of course is going to give you another song off of Andy Kim's album that came out in 2015. It's decided. Before I do that, of course, I have to go ahead and thank all of you, the wonderful listeners of Desert Tiger, for tuning into the episodes for sharing the episodes with your friends, your families, on your social medias, for rating and reviewing the show. You guys are fantastic, and I love you for everything that you do because all of these things help us out so much. And the best part of it all is they are free! And of course, if you have that hardcore dedication to the DTP, you can always hit us up on one of our social media links, and you can pick up a shirt. We have a second design. It's already up. We just need to get it printed on some t-shirts and some fresh ink, and that one's going to be ready to go. Of course, we still have the traditional styled Desert Tiger shirt. We're working on getting some of those little plastic rubber bands that pull out your arm hair. Oh, yeah. We're working on all sorts of things, maybe even some hats. You know, we're going to go crazy with it because you guys are actually loving the gear. And I love that you guys love the gear. So thank you so much for supporting us here at the Desert Tiger Podcast. So, like I said, we have a lot more conversation here with the wonderful Mr. Andy Kim. But of course, before I do that, I need to play you another song by the Canadian Walk of Famer himself. So this song is entitled Shoot 'em Up Baby. Shoot 'em up, baby. 
on and spread your wings and fly And try to touch the sky But keep your powder dry Shoot him up, baby. 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 Desert Tiger Podcast. Of me and decided to just hang up. <laughs> no, I have no idea what happened there. Uh, but we're back. We are back. I forgot where we were, but wherever it was, um, I think we were talking about Jeff Barry and. Yes, we were. We were talking about um, Jeff Barry and helping co-writing your first singles. Yeah, um, you know, it's like. If you're given the opportunity to, and it's really where you feel you belong, and um, uh, you feel inspired, you're just going to stay there for as long as um, for as long as you can, and and soak it all up, and and just enjoy your 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 moments. So that's what music does to you. It just allows you to just be um, be able to kind of dream your dream, and and I think I think all artists are dreamers, and mm-hmm. I mean I think that you don't have to be an artist to be a dreamer. You can just say, you know, this is what I'd like to do, and if you're compelled to do it, then then do it. No, nobody can stop you except yourself, mm-hmm. and so um, and the test is if you if you get stopped or you're you're anxious about something. Well, you maybe have you. You don't believe that you can do this. I, I would like to think that you know we all fall. We always believe we all believe that we can do something and then maybe fall flat on our face. Mm-hmm. But you get up again, and as that song says, you get back in the race. I think that's so important. It absolutely is. You can't just let one sour opportunity get you down and turn you away when you may have the opportunity to do so much more you just may not be in the right environment or right situation yet yeah i think that you know it's 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 easy to um look you know um artists have success and if they believe the success it's because of what who they are then then i think you can get depressed really easily. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, when you have an audience, they, they, they come with, with their own sets of understanding and, and, and belief systems, and, and maybe for that one or two hours, you can, you can just be in sync with each other. And I think that's what his songs were about at that time. You know, you just... Mm-hmm. You write what you write, and someone said it's in the hands of the gods after that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, when was the decision made to bring you in 
as like a songwriter in other regards because one of the biggest well the biggest record of the year according to billboard in 1969 you had a hand in writing that being for the archies which at the time nobody literally believed in because it was a fictional band like how does that all end up coming together like what did they right away did they decide to bring you in just because he enjoyed your songwriting and he felt like you were perfect for that situation or how did that all work uh, out you know i i i think i think that the the um i had had a couple of hit records not huge records but i had had a couple of hit records there was an Andy Kim sound out there. I was writing certain kind of songs, um, and I was asked if I had any songs for the Archies. And, and I, I think that, um, I mean, it just, I, you know, I've always said I'll, I'll never take a bow for inspiration. So, you know, you can be walking down the street and have an idea for a show or for an interview or a question or something. Um, and, um, and that's what happened with, with Sugar Sugar and Jeff and I got together and finished the song and, uh, made the record and no one wanted to play it because it was the Archies. Mm -hmm. It was 1969. It was the, uh, year of Woodstock. It was the Vietnam War was raging and it was a bad time politically in the U.S. Um, and nobody wanted to play it because, you know, FM radio stations were springing up and they called themselves underground music. So that era of those songs was starting to fade. But it took uh, about three weeks and a radio station in San Francisco just decided to play it one time as a favor to uh, one of the promotion people at the record company. And the phones wouldn't stop because people wanted to hear that song again and again and again. And it's spread all over the universe. And now I can go anywhere around the world in any language and just sing the beginning of the song and people will sing along. And it's, it's a magical time. You know, a couple of months before Sugar Sugar came out, Baby I Love You was out. So I had... I had a song, you know, as Andy Kim, I've got another song, it's the Archies, it was just, it was a pretty heady time. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, as I said, extremely lucky. I believed in the dream. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's almost like, you know, I, I have to believe it, it's sports, is that way sometimes, you know, you go and you play and, and you're playing the best you can and, and it's something is like really, really exciting and it's happening. Um, and you, you come together as a team, you know. Mm -hmm. God knows I didn't do this on my own. I got my name on it. it says Andy Kim mm -hmm. or says the Archie. But it's really talented people who believe in you, who come and and give you a hand, and and then it's in the hands of the gods. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. All right, so one of your last big singles, the uh, your second gold record, we'll touch on Rock Me Gently, and then we'll get more into what's happening now with Andy Kim. Rock Me Gently was another song that really... Nobody at first really wanted to put it out, was it not? Yeah, I had moved from New York City to Los Angeles, and um, I wrote this song, and I played it for a couple of people that I had just met, and I don't know, it, it, they, they were kind of apathy, you know? It's like, yeah, you, you want to hear two things. You want to hear, I love this, or I hate this. But when you hear apathy, <laughs> that's a problem. But I loved the song. I didn't listen to anybody. It, and it wasn't my personality to listen 
when I really want to do something. So I didn't have a record company. I had, I had sold all these records, but I was yesterday's news. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. You know, I'm one of those mortals. Um, and um, so I decided I'm going to produce this record on my own. So I wrote the song, and I produced it. And then um, a long time went by, and I went to every record company, and everybody turned me down. And um, I, I just, I just, I picked up the phone. I called home. My mom answered, God rest her soul. And I said, Ma, I'm coming home. And she started to cry because it's the only thing that she ever wanted me to do was to come home. But what she didn't hear was, I'm coming home. I'm starting my own record company. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it ICE. I'm going to put out my own record. I'm going to be my promotion, own promotion man. And I'm going to make sure that radio stations, the border stations like Seattle, Vancouver, Seattle, you get Buffalo uh, uh, stations or uh, uh, Windsor stations that bleed into, uh, into Detroit. Because, because Detroit was um, the first station in the U.S. to play How Do We Ever Get This Way. Yeah. And I had a huge following in New York, but it had been a while since I was on their radar. So anyway, to make a long story longer, I um, finally cracked into the Billboard charts and was on the charts for four months sold six million records around the world, number one in Billboard. John Lennon gave me my gold record, and I cried. Um, and and it's one of those times when you just believe in what you're doing. And I think that the only advice, because I talk to young musicians, it's, it's not about what's going on. It's not who are you and, and what identifies who you are. And... Um, Boy, this this country is putting out great talent, and so I'm uh, I'm excited about that. Hmm. Okay. So now, over the years, you kind of after that, you spent a period of time under a another moniker, but sometime around the '90s, the Bare Naked Ladies and you had a little bit of a meeting that sort of started to spark a what would take a little bit of a time but the return of andy kim correct yeah you know what um you know some people thought i had retired Mm -hmm. but i i never retired what it was is i became irrelevant so irrelevancy has has its own way of of you know pushing down one's hopes and desires and and it's kind of a roadblock not because your work is not there, but because you're irrelevant. And, um, ah, look, Ed Robertson came into my life, and we wrote a song together, and he produced this song, and that song uh, became a top ten hit in Canada. And, um, and it, kind of, it kind of revived me a little bit. It gave me confidence it helped me uh to uh to see the future a little better Mm -hmm. and um you know and after that i met ron sexsmith we've been friends ever since um a few years ago i met uh kevin drew a broken social scene we did an album together it was completely different from anything I'd ever done. Ended up doing the David Letterman show because David Letterman had heard the album and was a fan of, of the album. And um, so all of a sudden, it's like, like really cool. It's just... Uh, so I've always been writing, even though no one heard those songs. I, I just was living my life. Mm-hmm. I was lucky that... I uh, was able to take care of my family and take care of myself, and um, and here I am. I'm talking to you on the phone. So how was it to like to sort of 
be um, stuck in obscurity or to be forgotten for a little bit and then to come back and realize that a lot of Canadian musicians are actually quite large fans of yours. Well, I think that if you knew me as a kid and then you knew me as someone who was lucky enough to have hit records and then I became irrelevant, I was the same guy. Mm -hmm. I still believed in in music. I still loved music. I kept writing. I kept sending them to people to see if they'd be interested. But no one was interested. But it didn't stop me because I was doing what I loved to do. And I think that that the fact that, that I can write a song, uh, even if it doesn't go anywhere, it's just for me, um, uh, reminds me of the fact that that's my purpose, you know? Once you come back and you actually start writing albums again, what is the feeling and how do you go about it? Because, like, the recording industry... You have been writing music and everything else, but like, how much has the recording industry changed over the time since you had re- released like the last Baron Longfellow album up until you started releasing music again in 2010, I believe it was? Yeah, I, you know what? The, the process has changed. I mean, in the early part of my career, uh, you had to actually sing the song. And if you weren't singing well that day, then you'd go home and come back and do it until you got it right. If there was something that was, you know, if you were off a little, you'd have to, you had to keep singing it until it was right. That's what everybody did. And in today's world, there's a thing called auto-tune, and they can, you can fix your vo- vocal. You can, you can do a lot of things. You can manipulate a lot of stuff. And... Um, so now everyone can make a record. But I, I, I just think it's the natural evolution of things. Oh, uh, once upon a time, what the, there was mono recording, which means it was just one track. And then, and then thanks to Les Paul, guitar player, but he was also um, responsible for multi-track recording. And so what did the Beatles have? I think four tracks. And then it was eight. But it was all tape, and now it's something else you know and Mm -hmm. but i think the most important thing i I tell anyone who wants to listen it's what is the song that's the important thing Mm -hmm. do you have a song and what is that song and because that's the foundation of everything um not not to to take anything away from the sound of the instruments but if you love a song you're gonna you're gonna connect with it with your heart and with your spirit you may walk around whistling that song or humming that song, um, but you're not gonna you're not gonna hum the 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 things that that help make it, like the drums and the bass and the keyboard, unless you're a drummer who loves to, you know, uh, play the instrument and and keyboard players. So there's just so much going on, and um, but I always think it's the song. The song inspires everybody to to put in their time and energy and make it work. So having working with Kevin Drew, is he like, did he help you with these new albums? Like as well, like with the recording and everything else? Cause he was well, a part of one of them. Was he not? I'm sorry. Um, because, I, cause you were uh, on his record label. Was it not? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, here, here's, um, there is my time recording in New York, recording in New York City, making my records um, the way I learned to make my records. Hmm. And I met Kevin Drew, and Kevin Drew, he broke all the rules, everything. And I just went with it because I, um, uh, I think it was a consequence of kindred spirits meeting together. Mm-hmm. I think that was the important part of all of it. We just hung around. We had a great time. He's from another generation. But there was some something about the way we saw life, the way we understood sorrow and pain and, and laughter and, and tears um, that, that we put into music. And um, 
it's it's not like any album I've ever done. I could not have I could not have made this album without Kevin's vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I I just opened my arms up to the way Kevin. Uh, makes his records and broken social scene make their records and and what a wonderful experience and a wonderful trip for me it's it was like really cool it still is cool it was almost like a brand new way of going about it would it not be uh yeah i you know it i don't know how to do that in other words it's not that i can now go and recreate that that was (laughs) really being um being uh, part of Kevin's vision. And I think that that's the beauty of Kevin. Anyone who knows Kevin and knows Broken Social Scene, that's, that's a magical combination of people. And, uh, and I, just, I just love the way they, they make it all work, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. They're a fantastic group. And the way that they approach their sound is really incredible. Yeah. You know, I do a Christmas show every year. Mm-hmm. I was and, actually about um, to ask you about that. And it's my 14th year, but it's where I met Kevin and Brendan. They came one year uh, to kind of check it out. And um, they, you know, Broken Social Scene has performed on my Christmas show uh, a couple of times. This is my 14th year, and uh, they're there again this year. Billy Talent is there this year. Wow. Ron Sexsmith, Kim Mitchell. Hayden, Alex Lifeson, uh, and on and Biff Naked, July Talk. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. So this is, you've been doing this since 2004 for charity, correct? Yes. It's, I think, 2015 was the first, of uh, 2005, sorry, okay. 2005. Okay. So what charity and, is uh, this going towards? Well, you know, it was always children's charities. And um, for the past few years, um, I've been doing this um, to help CAMH Gifts of Light. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I keep thinking about the fact that, um, you know, I, 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 um, there's a lot of things that have changed in the last 50 years of my life or in, in the last many years. But the one thing that hasn't changed is that there are people that are in trouble and they can't help themselves. And we need to reach out and help them. And when I call each artist, I ask them to donate their time. I'm not going to pay them because every ticket sold, those proceeds go to the charity. And, and I think mental health is, is an issue that um, needs to be discussed and needs to be talked about because you don't know that there's a problem until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so I, 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 I do it in... Uh, Toronto, five years ago, Sam Roberts said, hey, man, Montreal's your hometown. So now I do it in, uh, in Montreal. It's my fifth year. Uh, and Broken Social Scene is coming to me to celebrate my fifth anniversary there. So mm-hmm. what a relationship it is to know that, you know, as I said, another generation. But, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that, that love has any generation. Spirituality has no generation kindness and and giving has no generation so i agree and having an event like that definitely is a testament to that to see different musicians of not only different genres but generations and backgrounds coming together to try and help the youth which is an amazing cause well you know what i i i keep thinking about um the fact that we are so blessed to be musicians, mm-hmm. so lucky. And, and if you can make a living at it, then, then that's really kind of the bonus. And, um, and, and there's so much in this community of Canadian artists that is very special. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really proud of, uh, of the ability to be a part of it, to be honest with you. Definitely. I can only imagine just the energy and the environment that is created inside that room and just the smiles that end up being on people's faces from your efforts. Well, the biggest smile is mine, you know, because I'm I'm I am basically a fan. Um, 
when I'm surrounded by musicians whose music I love and adore, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this. This is really great. I get excited. I get, I get nervous. I get excited. And, and, um, but it's good. It's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I love the mindset behind it. And I thank you for everything that you put in towards that, sir, because that is what you're doing for those communities is fantastic. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's not an unusual thing. If you know all these artists and musicians, um, you know, there are musicians that, that don't make as much as other musicians do, but they come out to support and they care. And, uh, so it's one, it's, it's, it's one big happy unit. And, uh, and you know what? I'm, it's like it's, it's, it's overwhelming for me because, you know, on December 1st, I'm being inducted into Canada's Walk of Fame. Yes, you and, are. And, and to me, that is something else. So, so I figure, you know, I'm, I'm really on the back porch of my days. <laughs> and, and, and you get showered with all this stuff, and then it's like, okay, we get it. You've been around long enough, so we'll, we'll give you this so you can maybe uh, go away. Or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> is is that your plan, though, to go away, or do you have a lot more no, songs I, I in the plans back pocket? To go away. You know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I have no plans to go away. Because I don't know where to go and have this much fun. There's is, no place I can go and have this much fun. Is there anywhere you so, can go after pursuing your dreams and having them? I embrace I can you? go ev- anywhere I want, but. Um, I think I think what I'm what I'm living now is what I where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, are you planning on releasing another record sometime in the future? You just yes, continue- yes. Um, yes. Kevin and I have talked about writing, and I've got some ideas. He's got some ideas. So we'll see what the beginning of the year uh, comes up, and uh, it'll be exciting. I mean, I, it's just. Look, it's it's um, uh, if if I can if I could um, quote a uh, Bob Zimmerman. You know who Bob Zimmerman is? Yes. So he said, "He who isn't busy being born is busy dying." So I'm lucky enough to have people to remind me that you know I've got I've got a long way to go. Yes, definitely. There's. Still, uh, still a lot of road and a lot of tread on the tires. I'm sure. Well, thank you. No worries. I am. I'm very excited to hear what's coming up. I was listening to a lot of the older classics this morning, and I'm probably going to listen to some of the uh, newer albums after this interview. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's great. That really is great. I think that. You know, as long as you're being creative and you're being kind and you're being loving, you, you have a great world. You're living in a good time. I and think when uh, when it's all about you and all of that stuff, then I think it's kind of a little hard. But, uh, uh, you know, you take the time to care about other people. I think it's beautiful. Well, I'm glad that the fact that you have taken the time to take care of other people has led you to living a happy life so far and i hope that it continues to be fulfilling and happy for you sir well i can't thank you enough for taking the time i i I don't know if i if i talked your ear off or your headsets off whatever but but i and i you know uh but so thank you i appreciate your time and uh maybe one day we'll see each other in person i can only hope that one day we can actually meet in person and have a conversation and shake each other's hands. I love that. Well, in the meantime, God bless you and um, and um, take care of uh, all those that you love. I definitely will. God bless you as well. Have fun with the Christmas show and have fun with your Canada Walk of Fame ceremony. Oh, I'm excited about that too. You know, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, man. And sadly, of course, that is the end of another amazing episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Of course, I gotta go ahead and thank our guest today, Andy Kim, 
for joining us here on the show. I also got to go ahead and thank EA. Of course, not the gaming company. That's just some initials because he helped hook up this interview. He always helps. He hooks up a lot of our interviews, actually. He's got mad love for the show. And we got mad love for EA out on the East Coast. And of course, I got to go ahead and thank you guys, the listeners here of the Desert Tiger Podcast, because you guys are wonderful. Once again, if you loved this episode, please go ahead and share it on your social. Share it with your friends, maybe somebody who you think will enjoy it. Of course, you can also go ahead and review the show, which also helps us out so much in the fantastic Part about both these options is that it is absolutely free and of course if you have yet to subscribe to the desert tiger podcast that is also free and we come to you every single week with a brand new episode with a new guest and we are always trying to keep things new and exciting so please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever service you are listening on on. I want to go ahead and thank you all. This has been a wonderful experience once again, and until next week, mwah!